This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, friends, it's Annie Grace, and I am the author of This Naked Mind, and I'm answering questions. And I'm here in Colorado. We're about to get about four feet of snow, so the forecast says, so we've stocked up. But today's question is um, this. I would love to hear more about your experience before you finally gave in and decided that moderation is a waste of time and energy. Why can people moderate? So that's the question. And yeah, I believe that some people can moderate. I mean, either alcohol hasn't become important to them, so drinking less is really easy, and they're just not thinking about it, or they're really willing to take the time and effort to do it. And I mean, case in point, there's a guy that I know, and he drinks 17 units of alcohol every Friday night. He doesn't drink any other day during the week, and he has been doing this since 2002. So I think that you, there are exceptions, but I think what, you know, the entire key for me is changing my perception, changing the thought and the neuro pathway so that my perspective is no longer that I don't get to drink, but that I don't have to drink, that I don't want to drink. And that type of freedom, having alcohol become small and irrelevant and non-existent in my life, that's what I want for myself. So changing my perception to, I don't actually want to put that in my body, means that the moderation question become non-existent for me. But it took, of course, a journey to get there. And part of that change is truly understanding the ins and outs of moderation, what it means physically, neurologically, what it means, you know, in kind of your emotional state. So here are six vital things to understand when making a decision to moderate. Number one, moderation means you're always making decisions. So, you know, what to drink, how much is too much, should I have this next drink or not? And research shows that a decision, no matter how big or small, takes the same amount of brain power. These decisions add up and they fatigue your mental faculties. They make you tired. They actually sap your energy, which in turn makes you grumpy, makes you exhausted. And guess what? If moderation was hard when you were in a good mood, it becomes next to impossible when your brain is tired and cranky from the effort of moderation. So making a single decision with all of your mind, heart, soul, body to quit, it liberates you from the millions of tiny daily decisions of moderation. And for me, that single decision meant freedom from the exhaustion of moderation. I actually got an email today from a reader who said when she read my book, she stopped for 30 days. And when she told her husband about it, she's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to stop drinking. And he goes, well, is that forever? And she goes, yeah, forever for now. And um, 30 days into it, she sort of started again and really kind of went down the slippery slope back into the pitcher plant, if you will. And you know, came back to me today saying, I got it. I reread the book. I've now made a decision and I feel freedom like I've never felt before in my life. And I think, you know, Tony Robbins is really famous for not only not drinking because he just doesn't have time for that. He has better, bigger things to do with his life, but also for his huge belief that decisions are power. Firm decisions actually change the trajectory of your life. And that one decision to stop drinking altogether forever and meaning it just changes everything, changes everything. So the reason number two 
is really more physiological. Alcohol creates a thirst for itself. So this is tolerance. And this, of course, is true for any addictive substance. Substances are addictive because they stimulate, artificially stimulate, the pleasure circuit of your brain. So as soon as the substance begins to leave your system, your mood actually plunges further than before you started drinking. Your brain actually turns down the artificial stimulation from alcohol in order to maintain balance or homeostasis. And that's tolerance. So it's what causes us to increase the amount we drink because we chase that initial, you know, tipsy, lightheaded feeling. And at the end of my drinking days, you know, I had such a high tolerance, I barely ever felt drunk or even tipsy. The fact that alcohol by its very nature makes you want, need more alcohol means moderation doesn't physiologically make sense. The effect of one drink is to want another drink. The effect of drinking over time is to develop a tolerance to drinking, so you need to drink more to get the same effect. I remember starting to think about my next drink and feeling upset if I wasn't planning to allow myself to have a next drink well before the drink in my hand was fully empty. And that's a horrible flaw of the idea of moderation. You know, eventually the two glasses you're sticking to, if you're able to do that, they won't have any impact whatsoever. So what's the point? And then the tolerance, it's actually your body and your mind protecting itself. It's like developing an immunity to the poison and the effects of alcohol. Because alcohol by its very nature causes you to need more of it, which is completely at odds with moderation. So number three, alcohol affects your brain and it actually impairs your ability to make good decisions. Now this isn't a surprise to anybody. We see all sorts of drunk people make terrible decisions all the time, but you know, I'd make myself these really simple and seemingly easy, easy to achieve rules, like two glasses of wine a night. And the next morning came the heartache of knowing that I didn't stick to two glasses and not actually being able to remember how much I did drink and hating myself for my inability to stick to two glasses, convinced that I just had no self-control, that I was completely failing, that, you know, I just wasn't strong enough. You know, none of those things were true because I am a really strong person in all other areas of my life. So how did it make any sense that when it came to alcohol, I just wasn't strong? I mean, it didn't make any sense. But the truth is that even a single glass of wine, it actually alters your neural pathways. It makes it so that your prefrontal cortex, which is your brain's decision-making part makes fewer decisions and worse decisions. It actually impairs your prefrontal cortex. So even a single drink can impair your decision-making on that next drink. And, you know, it, it's not only in that drink, but over time, drinking and drinking daily and drinking in excess damages your prefrontal cortex, you know, overall, so that your decision-making abilities become harder just in general. So drinking deadens your brain's reasoning power and it steals your ability to make sensible decisions. So even one glass in, the second glass isn't gonna sound like a bad idea. The very thing you're trying to moderate, in fact, makes it somewhat impossible to moderate it. So reason number four is pretty simple, and it's that alcohol makes you thirsty. Now this is really obvious, but it's completely overlooked in the moderation theory. Alcohol is a diuretic, it makes you pee. That means your body is more dehydrated after an alcoholic drink than before. And guess what? That makes another drink even more tempting. So it doesn't matter that you logically know another drink won't quench your thirst, it will seem like it will. So the thirst for your, the, the thirst that's caused by the drink you just had increases your craving for the next drink. Number five, alcohol, it actually numbs your response to normal stimuli, natural stimuli. 
um, you know, when the brain's pleasure center is repeatedly artificially stimulated by alcohol, it actually produces a counter chemical. And I've talked about this before, but the counter chemical is called dynorphin. And dynorphin turns down the stimulation and the pleasurable feelings that you're getting from your brain. Put very simply, this means that over time, because dynorphin is constantly being reduced, produced and released when you're drinking on a regular basis, you no longer enjoy drinking like you once did. And if you're here on this page, it's probably because you no longer enjoy drinking like you once did. And further, the dynorphin, it doesn't discriminate in which pleasurable feelings are muted. You know, you can't mute um, the effect of alcohol and not mute the effect of having a really good meal or having a really, you know, deep conversation with somebody you love. It means that everyday activities that used to bring you pleasure are no longer felt because of this constant presence of dynorphin in the brain. And this eventually means that alcohol is the only thing that can make you happy. And eventually that becomes true because the, even the drinking, like alcohol itself can't even pull you out of this heavy dynorphin. So, you know, again, the idea of moderation, it's a slippery slope. And the last reason is a little bit complicated, but it has to do with liking versus wanting. So when you first started drinking, when I first started drinking, I wanted a glass of wine. I liked that glass of wine. But alcohol increases cravings over time, but not pleasure by releasing dopamine and all addictive drugs. And we've learned so much about dopamine, but dopamine doesn't actually cause pleasure. It doesn't cause wanting. What it causes is crave, or it doesn't cause liking. What it causes is craving. And so it teaches us how to get pleasure. It teaches us how to want pleasure, but it doesn't cause pleasure itself. And there's all sorts of studies that prove this. So over time, the wanting aspect of drinking increases because your dopamine increases, but the liking aspect of drinking decreases because of all the reasons I've just said with the dynorphin and everything else. So when you become addicted to something, your wanting and your liking split and separate. And suddenly you're in this position where you want something that you no longer like. And you don't understand why you want it because you consciously obviously want to make a decision to drink less or to cut back on drinking, to moderate, to stop drinking. That's why you're here. That means there's some part of drinking you just are not liking anymore. Drinking is not what it was in your life, but you want to drink. You have this intense wanting and that's what happens inside the brain. It is very definitive. It's a study by Terry Robinson and Kent Barrage and it basically says that one, you know, it comes to the fact that one drink, when you've been moderating for a long time, can trigger this dopamine and it can make it so that, or when you've been abstinent for a long time, can trigger this dopamine and it can make it so that you fall right back into that cycle of desperately wanting something you don't even like. And your cravings can come back in full force. And so moderation does this to you on a repeated basis. So eventually that one drink can stimulate this craving and you continue to drink just based on that one and you drink no matter the consequences and worse you don't even like it by that stage so that's pretty far down the road of addiction but it's definitely definitely happens i see it all the time so the primary reason that moderation is miserable is because it makes me crave something that i don't even want and the bottom line is that moderation is a dangerous game, and it's a game that I no longer want to play. I'm completely convinced that it takes far too much effort, but I will say that it was helpful in one sense. By attempting to moderate before this naked mind, I was faced with the misery of moderating, and the misery of moderating 
made me realize and made me that I didn't want to do it anymore. And it gave me the gumption, if you will, to make the final decision. And, you know, I was able to then realize that moderating a nasty addictive poison is in truth just not worth my time. It's not worth my effort. It's not worth my brain power. It's not worth focusing my thoughts on. And moderation then, in a sense, that journey through it allowed me to find peace with an alcohol-free life. So that is my response. Have a wonderful day. Please do ask questions. Um, I'll definitely keep answering questions as long as they keep coming in. You can email me at hello at thisnakedmind.com. You can message me or you can, you know, just post questions in the comments. Have a great day. This has been Annie Grace with This Naked Mind Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can learn more at thisnakedmind.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps us spread the word.